Do you feel comfortable conducting meetings online? Or does this make it even more difficult to communicate effectively? The world of work is changing with an increase in flexible work approaches. You may have already heard the term hybrid team. These are teams operating between multiple locations. Often this includes a mix of time at a co-located office space and working from home. This presents new challenges for leaders unfamiliar with this model after remote work was forced upon many organizations as a result of the global pandemic. Join this episode where Angela Scott, business psychologist and founder of The Culture Principle, will share with us how to communicate and connect from a distance and how to lead remote divisions effectively. Welcome to Charisma Hacks, the show where you get strategies, tools, and mind training to learn to speak from your innermost conviction, to own who you truly are, and to stand in your full power. I am Ulrike, and I am wholeheartedly dedicated to empowering leaders to connect with their authentic self so that they can sparkle from the inside and lead and communicate with charisma. My guest today is Angela Scott, business psychologist and founder of The Culture Principle. As a thought leader on hybrid working and culture building, she works with leaders like you to help avoid frustrating hybrid team failures in their organizations. She has held a number of diverse leadership roles over the past 15 years, always with one thing in common, leading remote and hybrid divisions. Passionate about culture, being the foundation for any high-performing organization, she deeply understands the unique challenges leaders face in this context. Today, she's here to talk about two of the key success factors for leaders in this environment, communicating and connecting from a distance. Angela, what are the biggest overall challenges for leaders in a hybrid environment? Well, first of all, Erika, thank you for having me today. And I think that's a really good question and a good place to start. For me, there are a number of challenges, but they all kind of center around being able to build trust within your team and maintain trust in your team. Because if you're able to build trust, then you can get the momentum for all the other things that make a team successful. The really interesting thing about a hybrid team is that The challenges aren't different to being face-to-face. -face. Some of them are just amplified and made more, much more important. So some of the other challenges that are faced, for example, is getting a balance between autonomy and goal setting. That's, that's one important challenge. And you know, even more important in an environment where not everyone is in the same location. Another important challenge for leaders is how to use technology in the best way. What I see when I speak and what I hear from leaders is that they often invest in too much technology and end up with a bunch of stick-on solutions that actually don't solve their problem. But I think what the really interesting thing is, the, the thread amongst all these challenges is being able to get people to collaborate and communicate with each other. And that all comes for me from how the leader communicates in the first place. 
I spoke to quite a few leaders around the world in the past weeks about exactly this topic. And it's a burning topic because we are switching now from urgency mode and we thought it will stop sooner or later. We'll go back to normal. Everybody spoke about post-pandemic. I think today we say goodbye to post-pandemic because it will be just another way of working that probably will be quite permanent. As it becomes a new normal, there is quite a lot of resistance. And I know that many leaders worry a lot around how can I make this work in the long term? Mm. Because for my team, it was maybe okay-ish in the beginning, but now we have to arrange ourselves with a situation that probably will never be as it has been before. What are you seeing as some common mistakes that leaders are making today in their communication style in this hybrid environment? Well, it's really interesting that you just pointed out this, you know, this shift from the lockdown confinement period into the what's being called the new normal. What I'm seeing is that people are struggling to go from that almost like that level playing field that we've had during that period to this new period where the playing field is not level at all. Um, You've got some people who perhaps are in the office more than others, some people that are working completely remotely. So one of the biggest challenges I see and one of the, the things that I work with leaders on is how to make your communication fair and equitable. So what I mean by that is how to include everyone. So One of the mistakes that leaders make, probably the biggest one, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, Ulrika, is talking to everybody. (laughs) So what I mean by talking to everyone is it's forgetting that the the person at the other end is, is a single person and trying to address an audience. That's a common mistake to make if you're used to doing, you know, big keynote presentations. But actually on a Zoom call, when you're trying to do a town hall messaging as a leader, it's very tempting to look at all those faces and think you're addressing a group when actually you're always addressing a single person. So the, the issue with that is that you can get very much caught up in this messaging to all and you forget that you need to be speaking to that individual and, and explaining things in a, actually a very, very simple way. So linked to that, I think another one of the challenges and mistakes that I see people making is that they make their communication too complex. It needs to be very, very simple to provide clarity to to the listener. Because don't forget, a lot of the communication you're doing, even if people can see you sort of from the, the chest up, as it were, you don't get the same proximity that you have when you're speaking to someone face to face and you can't see their whole body movements and all those kind of things. So you've got to make sure that everything is spot on in terms of your communication, um, even more so than when you're you know, more often face to face. This is the big challenge. And many people are quite uncomfortable with having these little mosaics of faces staring at them through a screen where most say, I don't see any emotions. We are programmed to take in all the nonverbal cues, like the body language, the tone, simply the vibes 
what the person radiates. And obviously on a Zoom call, if people don't move, they don't radiate anything. <laughs> you just see a you just see a face that is pretty static, maybe even not smiling. And you wonder, is this person listening? Is she or he checking their email at the same time? Uh, are they worried? Are they angry? Are they bored? I don't know. And this is something that can kick you out of your message completely and probably can lead also to communication mistakes where you start to speak too much because you want to fill some emptiness which you feel instead of trying to create a strong dialogue despite the fact that you don't feel this connection as you could feel it in a room what is your experience with this fact that people see just little little faces on a screen how do they react today versus what they would have done in a meeting room instead what's the difference so i think a little bit depends on the audience as it always has done if you're in a big meeting Your interaction with that audience is going to be very different than if you're in a meeting with less than 10 people. And one-to-one, again, is very different. But somehow that film of having a, a screen in front of you has exacerbated a lot of the, the insecurities people have about communication. So my advice when I talk to leaders like the listeners today is have a bit of a reset in your mind and think about how would you have done this face-to-face and what really is the difference between what you're doing now and what you did before. Because actually you weren't a mind reader before, you didn't know what everyone was feeling. You were able, as you said, to pick up some of the cues, but you also need to feel that confidence that your message is clear and precise. And that's really where I was uh, going back to what I said earlier about being able to deliver clarity. And that really comes from good planning. You actually have to be a better leader, in my view, in terms of communication than if you see your teams face to face more frequently, because um, you can get away with a lot more face to face, in my view. And, And the research that I've done actually bears this out as well. When you are face to face with people, they can make up their minds about you on multiple interactions. And actually, even if you're having interactions over video, there's a limited number of opportunities to observe that person's communication. So you make up your mind based on a very limited number of interactions. And that's why you have to get it right, because uh, people do make up their minds about things very quickly. But it's also about being confident that you've got that right as a leader. And that's the tricky part. And that's really what I'm working with leaders on. Yeah. Mm, feeling feeling comfortable in front of the yeah. screen. Yeah. One important thing when you want to convey a message, have an impact with your communication, is that you connect with the audience. And usually when we are in a room full of people, we try to have eye contact. That's the big thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and many people do not have that because they stare at their PowerPoint slides because That gives them safety somehow and miss out on the fact to have this eye contact thing and to address specific sentences or questions by having this eye contact with specific persons in the room. Now, if you're in a call, no matter what tool you use, you will always just have these little vignettes and you cannot look into the eye of the person. You can stare at this little camera hole. (laughs) That doesn't help because then you look into the eye of everybody and somehow into the eye of nobody how can we replace this missing eye contact so that's a really interesting one because again i think it's well one piece of advice i will give people is don't have your own picture on your video call 
that's not a normal behavior as a human being. You wouldn't sit in a meeting room with your own picture up while you talk to other people. I'm amazed when I ask that question to leaders and most of them say, yeah, I have it on on the side of my screen. That is the one thing that will distract you. And actually it's, it's, it's the thing that will make you come across as unauthentic possibly. So it doesn't replace that eye contact, but certainly don't look at yourself. The way that I've done this personally is to make sure that instead of the eye contact, you're actually engaging with your audience in a different way. When you are able to ask questions or engage people in discussion, rather than it just being a broadcast, that really does create a, a better sense of connection. And it helps build trust with the organization you have because that's a two-way thing rather than a broadcast. I think historically, certainly in the teams that I've worked in, there was a lot of broadcasting because that that face-to-face part was still there. When you don't have any face-to-face interaction or very limited face-to-face interaction, the broadcast part almost becomes, you know, it's too much, too much broadcasting. And I think for, for leaders today who are moving into this kind of hybrid environment where they're going to have some people with them and some people not I would definitely advise moving away from that broadcast getting uh, 200 people together and telling them something for half an hour even because people are kind of saturated I think you can't replace eye contact on a video but what you can replace it with is that sense of connection by getting people much more involved encouraging them to collaborate in calls rather than just be passive where we before had a 30-minute presentation (laughs) and questions at the end, it might be a good solution when you have a 30-minute presentation to seriously think about having questions and getting answers every two, three minutes or every five minutes at least to, to get into this interactivity and to keep your audience engaged. And I can imagine that also for the person who's holding the presentation, this is much nicer because then you do not have this stiff people on a screen which are not moving because then will start responding to you. They will smile. You will see facial expressions and you will have a much more lively meeting. This brings me to another question I thought about the use of slides. Everybody knows we should use less slides or less text on slides. You should not use slides as a script of our of our speech and so on. You should not look on the screen while you're presenting. In this hybrid world and when it's only online, then a slide is a true shield between you and the audience because you share your screen, it fills it out. And suddenly, if it's a bigger group, most of the group disappears. You might see four or five vignettes which are left. And if there are 20 people, the others just disappear somewhere. What do you think about this use of slides? Should we change the way of how we use them and even more reduce it to not have it as a shield between us and the people we are speaking to? Yeah, I have quite strong opinions on on slides. I see still so many slides. Slides were never intended to be uh, a replacement for a document that you have so much detail in that you bring up and blind people with. I I think there's a time and a place for sharing on Zoom. So for example, um, working in a sales environment, doing forecast calls, needing to look at numbers. That's a good use of sharing a screen. I think when it's just to present something in words that backs up what you're saying it it loses impact actually in a video call because like you say you you can't see the group 
you can't see the interactions. And what I tend to find when I do this in meetings is that when you share a slide, people turn their cameras off <laughs> and go and make a cup of coffee or something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally don't have a, a huge issue with people having their cameras off. There's been some recent research, actually, that shows there is a, a, a tendency for people to keep the cameras on all day and then be absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. So I think there is a time and place for camera. If you're not um, interacting at that particular moment, you know, it's, I think it's perfectly fine to turn it off. But I think with the slide thing, it does encourage us to think, oh, you know, I can just uh, take a bit of a back seat here and do something else. I've seen that happen in face-to-face -face meetings, honestly, as well. So I think really temper your use of slides and think about what additional value is, is sharing that slide giving to that particular interaction? There's another thing that is not happening anymore, and this is the most obvious one, I would say, and it comes back to what you said in the beginning, trust, building trust, building trust, there are many ways to build trust, but one way to build trust is to build first connection and connection happens when you just speak with people also about other things than work, when you create a human connection. And this happened usually in the coffee area, in between meetings, when you're in the elevator, when wherever, over lunch. And all of these things are not happening anymore. I know mm. that some companies try to replace it by socializing in an online way. What do you think about this? Because I feel a certain fatigue is happening now, because in the beginning, this was again, new, a little bit fun, everybody comes in the evening with a glass of wine maybe and we have just a chit chat for half an hour in the team but there's a certain fatigue around this how can leaders maintain this team spirit and and create an atmosphere of trust so trust is a really interesting one and, and it's an area where i've done some research personally on as you said trust is built through connection over time but there is another way that trust forms which is something called swift trust which is where we assume that trust is in place to start with. And it's really how uh, project teams that are thrown together traditionally before this um, pandemic got to work together very quickly because the assumption is, well, we can trust each other and we can move forwards. So Swift Trust is something as a leader, I think going forwards that you can really start to utilize. And, and that really, again, comes from the way that you behave. So if you create an environment where you trust everyone to start with and you're not fearful, You say, look, I put my trust in you. I give you autonomy to execute. Here are your goals. That demonstrates to your team that you trust each other. So you don't need any of these kind of gimmicky things to form trust because you've set the tone for the rest of the team. And the really interesting thing with Swiss Trust and, and what the research has shown is that once you set the tone, you will find the people in your team behaving in the same way towards you and with each other so it's something really to think about again to be very intentional about definitely there's still a place for building longer term connection through getting to know people personally and that won't go away but that's obviously more difficult when you're not face to face but again you've got to be very intentional i've personally got to know more people during this period because i've set up you know little coffee meetings one-to-one -one with people to make an effort to actually get beyond what I see on the screen. A lot of the people I'm working with now, I've never met in person, but we've been working together over time and I've been able to develop those relationships 
by being curious and interested and, and authentically genuine, as I would call it, really genuinely interested in, in them as a person. And I think that combination of that swift trust mindset and being genuinely interested in the other person really helps to, to set the tone for trust in, a, in an organisation. In many organizations, there were politics games going on. And this happened also on the floor and in the kitchen and behind closed doors and so on and so forth. Do you see how a hybrid environment influences this in a positive or negative way? Yeah, this is a really interesting question because the politics in organizations, they are invisible yet visible every day. <laughs> So I think there are some positives and negatives. I think certain things are amplified because not everyone is together. A really interesting thing about the politics is that again, you can choose how to behave as a leader. And I've named this with a concept, which is the connector leader. And the connector leader is someone who connects individuals in their team But not only that, they connect the dots. So they connect the dots between individuals outside of their team, projects, ideas, they create innovation. And when I was leading a team, this is something that I was well known for, actually. I'd say, have you met so-and-so over here? I spoke to them yesterday. I think you two should get together because I think you, you know, you're working on the same thing. And by the way, I heard about this project over here. I think you can connect. And I think that kind of behavior when you can really be intentional about it, it cuts through quite a lot of the politics and it helps to get things achieved in a positive way. It creates a great culture of trust as well, because suddenly people get in contact with each other, get to know each other better, and it replaces certainly this lack of spontaneous networking, which happened before and which you don't have. What is, in your opinion, the risk for companies who do not truly care about helping their leaders to communicate in this, let's call it again, new normal. Often leaders think that the risk is that they will lose people, you know, if they can't communicate in a good way. That's the first thing that comes to people's mind. But actually, the thing that they should be worrying about more is not losing people, as in people resigning and going to other companies. It's people staying, but not being fully present. And what I mean by that is, you know, people are doing just enough, just enough to get by, but they're not really, you know, they, that sense of commitment has been lost. I've spoken to people who are very upset about this. They don't understand how they got into this situation. And when I really get into the detail of what's been happening, I always uncover the fact that, well, actually, we didn't communicate that part. Yeah, we didn't do that. And we, we changed this in our business model and we just told them that that was going to happen. You might have got away with that in a co-located environment, but what's happening now is that people are filling in the gaps when they don't get communication on these things. And that is leading to a lot of this kind of presenteeism. Um, because what, what's happening is leaders are going, well, I don't have an attrition problem. I, I'm retaining my employees. <laughs> but actually what's happening is that they're not fully engaged. I think yeah. in terms of, business impact that that can have and, and this is the thing obviously that you know bottom line 
I, you know, there are organizations out there now questioning why they're not achieving as the biggest results that they expected. It's because their employees are not being communicated to properly and they're not bought in to the strategy of the organization because one of the things that you really need to communicate even better than you've ever done before is your vision and your purpose. And if your employees aren't getting that, if you're not able to communicate that, you might as well give up on all the other things that I've already mentioned today. It doesn't matter about goal setting. It doesn't matter about technology. You can have the best technology in the world, but if you're not able to communicate your vision and your purpose, then you're really going to struggle. The cost of poor communication is very high. For example, for a company of only 100 employees, 100, it costs around $420,000 a year. The cost of poor communication for such a small company, this is a huge amount of money. And it comes back to the lack of conveying the right messages, bringing people on board for the bigger goals, for the bigger vision, and getting this famous extra mile, or at least a 100% buy-in. And by this creating these ideas which you need to move the business forward, to drive change and all of that. Now, coming back to the questions of how to communicate in a hybrid world, would you say that leaders need somehow a set of two communication styles, one that is face-to-face and one that is only for online? I wouldn't say they need two communication styles. I think the more important thing is to find your authentic voice. So what I've been working with leaders on, it's really the starting point of this, is do you know your own values? Because if you're not able to bring your own values and your authenticity into your work context, then you won't be able to move forwards with your vision, your purpose, your goal setting, all of those things. And actually, it's surprising when I talk to leaders how many people think they know what their values are, but they're not entirely sure. So rather than having two styles of communication, it's really kind of getting back to basics and saying, what am I about? Why am I a leader in the first place? And and what is it that people are inspired by? And then once you've got hold of that, then really it doesn't matter whether you're face-to-face or not because everything comes from a place of true authenticity. That's what I convey as a message as well. I think it's so (laughs) important. I think the key thing and we speak so often about diversity and of being strong leaders it only comes when we have true authenticity it only comes when different personality can express themselves in their own style it is about being yourself being honest showing your humanity as well embrace your vulnerabilities you don't have to show them to everyone but embrace them and do not play a role the role of this perfect communicator that you might not be and that's okay i think we all have other qualities that people can sense if we let them shine through. Now, how can a leader, how can someone best move forward to improve his or her communication style in this relatively complex context? It's really about being intentional. And what I mean by intentional is, is what is it that you want to convey and why? So going back to the points I already made about being clear on your values and then your, your vision and your purpose. And even if you're not a you know, a leader in the sense of leading people, you're, you're always a leader to a group of people that you might be working on a project with, uh, a group of peers. You always have that opportunity to come across as intentional with your communication. And that's so much more important when you, you're not face-to-face with people. 
I think the other thing to think about is planning. So there's there's no room for winging it in a, a virtual world. And especially when uh, you're in a room full of people and you've got some people on a screen, you have to be really, really intentional about how you're going to run that meeting, for example, because that's a perfect opportunity for people to feel excluded. I've experienced this myself where you join a, a video call and there's chuckling in the room with the people that are at the other end uh, because they just shared a joke that you're not included in. And then inadvertently, what that group has done is exclude the people on the other side. So you have to have that intention and you need to plan for things like that. I think the other thing is to be very clear on what you want to communicate. It's not about communicating everything. I share a joke with, with leaders that I work with around preparation. I was uh, too busy to prepare a five minute presentation. So I did a 30 minute one instead. So <laughs> it's really about being very organized, planning, much more so than you're probably used to in a face-to-face -face meeting. I can imagine that our audience now would like to get some information which they can download or we can work with. Is there something that you can share with the listeners here? Yeah, absolutely. So if the listeners want to go to the cultureprinciple.com forward slash charisma, they can download a really handy guide there that will help them avoid some of the common pitfalls um, that befall leaders in this environment. So they're welcome to, to get that. In addition, I run a number of events. So if they want to visit my website again at thecultureprinciple.com forward slash events, and they can see the latest and greatest events that we're having currently and register for those. And we will also put this link into the show notes so that people can find it easily. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Charisma Hacks. If you want to level up your profile and become a charismatic leader able to communicate, engage and motivate in an inspiring and authentic way, you've come to the right place. Subscribe now to this show or reach out to me and get more strategies, tools and mind training to sparkle from the inside.